Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke, and with me wrangling horses from across the pond is Matt Hudson from whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Matt, how you doing, sir? I am doing very well. I only wrangle these horses because I know how much JP doesn't like equine species. Listeners to the show from the very beginning will know that John has a lifelong, I call it a dislike for horses, so... I've got to do my best to help my man out. How are you, sir? Anyway, I am fine. And I, uh, clarify horse movies. It's not the horses themselves. I have an issue <laughs> with, uh, it's specifically their, their movies that they are the stars of, uh, that joke, of course, listener was because if you listened to our last episode, we told you we would be reviewing Nope this week, except the UK said, Nope to that plan because it was delayed in the UK. Uh, it was supposed to be same day as the U S release date. Um, so Matt and I both could have seen it and then they delayed it by two weeks in the UK. So Matt can't see it till August 10th. I think you said, uh, August the 12th and there's no reason given by universal as to why. And I know many people who are expecting to go and watch it this weekend. And lo and behold, for some reason it's pushed back despite not having any competition in the week it's supposed to be released. So it just doesn't make any sense. So I've, I've spent the last week, JB, avoiding spoilers. I don't like spoilers anyway, but I feel like I need to go into this one as blind as possible. It's going to be hard to avoid them for two more weeks too. But um, nevertheless, the only thing we could think of is maybe Anthony and Joe Russo decided they needed people to be focused in the UK on their movie, The Gray Man, which dropped on Netflix uh, mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, it was in theaters the week before. Uh, in very limited theaters um, across at least the U.S. I'm not sure if that was worldwide or not. Um, uh, but we did have be, it over here in the U.K., yep. We're going to be talking about The Gray Man um, momentarily here. But before we do that, we like to check in with each other. So, Matt, uh, how's it going over there on that side of the, the Atlantic? I, it's been hot, but has it started to cool down at all? It's been hot and humid, and that's just me looking at pictures of John on Instagram. But, no, it's been yeah. very, it's, it's better now. It's uh, It's the standard British kind of 80 degrees maybe fahrenheit so it's manageable i've been i myself have had a i've had a sore throat since about thursday maybe so it's been a mix of chilling out working from home getting better uh all with the idea of going back into work tomorrow Boo. but i can't complain jb i've spent my time wisely as we're gonna find out later on in the show but i can't complain i never will do anyway though i do sometimes off air how are you doing anyway my man you keeping florida safe and well Yep, uh, you know, uh, my summer vacation is winding down this week. This is my last week before I go back to work, which is not a bad thing. I, I like my job, but at the same time, summer has gone by so fast. I'm mm-hmm. a little sad um, that I'm having to go back. And I'm I'm not fully mentally ready to go back. Like, I, I'm trying to, like, start thinking about lessons and stuff, and I'm just, just not all the way there. So... That's uh, kind of disappointing, but I'm trying to enjoy my last week. Um, we're actually recording this a day early uh, because I'm yes. getting to go to Disney again, thanks to some Woo-hoo. graduates uh, who work there and are willing to take me. Um, bringing my daughter with me this time, and hopefully my wife. But it's going to depend if she can get off of work or not. But fingers um, crossed. But, yeah, uh, but you know, um, saw we went and saw a screening. I'll talk about briefly. Uh, later on in the episode, because we'll be talking mm-hmm. about that movie in a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, just trying to make the most of my summer uh, and watching some some movies and some series. Actually, uh, there's 
I've got an obsession that I'll talk about later as well that I, I kind of <laughs> okay. have fallen into that I didn't mean to, but it's now I'm like, well, I got to know all of this. It's something I'm really intrigued by, but um, I have to hear this too now. Yes. Uh, but before we do that, listeners, we're going to go ahead and talk about the great man. Um, so as I, I kind of joked, it's directed by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo. Uh, the guys who brought us Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, and uh, we can't forget the best Captain America movie um, that Cherry? I've forgotten the name of. Oh, yes, Cherry. Captain America colon <laughs> Cherry. Cherry. <laughs> um, maybe what a uh, Winter movie. Soldier. Uh, Winter Soldier, yes. That's my favorite of the of the Captain America <laughs> films, and the, maybe of the Russo films. I, I like Infinity War and Endgame a lot, but I think that Captain America movie was just something special. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd agree time, with on that. And, uh, yeah, you know, um, they directed this new movie that stars, uh, it's written by Joe and, uh, also Christopher Mark Marcus and Stephen McFeely. And I, I guess maybe one of those guys is the guy who wrote the book or maybe not. I don't know. It's just what I to be had. Um, there is a book that this is based off of is my understanding. Uh, uh, yes. I've not read it. Um, but, uh, we get some big stars in this, uh, Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Anna de Armas, Billy Bob Thornton, who was not actively in the marketing materials for this he's not in it a lot but i mean yeah i hadn't seen him in a while so it was kind of cool seeing him uh jessica henwick yeah it's billy bob um jessica henwick uh i'm gonna say danush i could be saying that wrong um alfie woodard uh oh i'm definitely gonna say this one reggie jean page reggie i I was i was almost there uh wagner mora and julia butters are our stars um, obviously those names are a little top heavy, um, in terms of, you know, people knowing them, but the premise is when the CIA's most skilled operative, whose true identity is known to none accidentally uncovers dark agency secrets, a psychopathic former colleague puts a bounty on his head, setting off a global manhunt by international assassins. That's not, that's not the best synopsis, to be honest. Some of these things are really mm. poorly written. Um, 48% Rotten Tomatoes critic score, but a 90% audience score, <laughs> uh, 49 meta score, 6.6 IMDb user score, and a 2.8 on Letterboxd. Um, Ouch. Didn't, didn't look for a cinema score because I figured it didn't have a real theatrical run, so it probably doesn't have a cinema score. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that was an assumption, at least. I did not verify that, but it made sense to me um, that that would be the case. So, yeah, we got... Um, this on Netflix. Uh, this is a big release on Netflix. Um, and I'll say, uh, the obvious comparison I think this movie's going to get, is it, it's going for like a Bond kind of vibe so much so that there's a joke in the movie about that. Yep. Um, that that Netflix has posted a meme for on their Netflix jokes page or whatever it is. <laughs> um, so, But I, I like that joke. And that's the thing. I mostly enjoyed this movie because okay. I really love Ryan Gosling. And yes. I... I thought he was so great in this, um, his dry humor. It was, uh, similar to how he is in, in the nice guys, except he's competent at his job instead of incompetent, but he still has the same kind of nonchalant attitude about it. Um, and like makes these amazing jokes. There's some, so many jokes he does in this movie that cracked me up. Um, Chris Evans giving an insane performance, like really great, um, villain, like just, it's, it's so, uh, like swarmy and just, Oh, um, kind of chilling at times. And, uh, you know, everyone else does some good stuff. Like, Anna de Armas doesn't get a lot to do. They totally don't use Jessica Henwick the way she could be used. Agreed. 
um, which I think is very disappointing because I thought she was incredible in the Matrix uh, re- Resurrections. Um, she's great in any show. I love Jessica Henwick. I think she's great in anything. I don't know what else I've seen her in, to be honest. That's the Resurrections. Love and Monsters. The movie that- she's in that. What is it? Love and Monsters. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just I think uh, McDermott was just so prominent in that film because he's alone for so much of it. Is it right? Um, is that McDermott? Dylan oh, McDermott? it's a. Uh, no, it's Dylan O'Brien. Dylan O'Brien. Jessica Henwick was also one of the last two in the frame to play Ray in the sequels. It was her or Daisy oh. Ridley, and obviously it went to Daisy Ridley. But since then, yeah, like Archie's been in Underwater, The Matrix, Resurrections, uh, Game of Thrones, and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I'm definitely on board with her, and I don't think she does anything wrong here either. I just think they they cast this great actress and then barely use her. Um, she does get to do a few things that I think are, are solid, but I, I definitely was like, man, I could have used more of her in the movie. Um, but for the most part, I thought there were some cool set pieces. I am, uh, I, I know it's kind of become very tropish to use like colored smoke to like make a scene look cool, but it does look cool. Like I can't get past, like there's this plane fight where he's using a flare and it's very smoky, but I think it looks cool. Like, is it mm-hmm. kind of trendy and, and tropish? Yeah. Does it still look cool? Yes, in my opinion, it does. And so I, it worked for me. I, I liked most of the action sequences. Um, I, it does drag on a little bit. Uh, some of the story is a little traditional, I guess, to like this genre. Um, but overall, I thought it was very entertaining. I had no major complaints, at least nothing that stuck with me. I would say, if anything, it's a little forgettable. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it feels like this is wanting to be like a, a franchise. Like, you know, this is the first of the gray man movies. And it's like, yeah, I'm good. I think it's I think fine. That's what I think they're we, going for. I think. Yeah. I mean, everything now, right. You don't make yeah. something unless you have hopes for franchise, but mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be super hyped for another one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't look away from it. Like I'd watch it, but I'm not like in, highly anticipate. Like I'm not going to, you know, spend the next 10 minutes debating what could happen next. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty staple, you know, straightforward spy thing. Yeah. It's got, I would say it's got more to do in terms of story with born than it does bond. It feels a lot like born to me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the action and, and I guess even that it, it, it's not shaky cam action. Like you get with the born movies. Like it's, it's the more updated, you know, obscure action through like the smoke and, and explosions. Um, there are, there's a, a little bit of nihilism in this film for sure, especially from uh, Chris Evans character. That's a little bleaker than I would have expected from the Russos. But, um, but then again, maybe not, maybe it's just the, the, the Marvel of it all. But like when you think about cherry and you think about this, like, mm-hmm. it, yeah, no, there's some, Maybe fatalism or some nihilism into their their uh, their story interests. So that you know doesn't doesn't always sit well with an action movie because a lot of people, a lot of people die like yes. insane amounts. Like and that's like uh, if this is a spy, he's not very hidden anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's very subtle, is he? Yeah. So, but uh, those complaints aside, I, I, it was very passable. You know, I would have. I, de- I always like to watch things in the theater, so I probably would have preferred seeing it in the theater. But at the same time, the Russos have been maybe a little too vocal about their attitude towards theaters. Um, so maybe it wouldn't have been much of a better experience. So, 
Um, yeah, I'm with you on most of that, JB, to be honest. Um, I, whilst you were talking, I was thinking Tom Holland led Cherry, Chris Evans, one of the leads here, the Russo's going back to their Marvel buddies, but at the same time, everyone apart from Ryan Gosling has been in a Marvel movie. So it is kind of like a few degrees of separation from a Marvel actor of that, but, um, the gray man. Yeah, I was, I was looking forward to this because of the, the front two, because of Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans. And as if, you know, depending on what the story of the sequel would be, you know, I'd only want to come back for people like that. Yeah. That there's a, they're the selling point. They're the USP for this film. And, I think that I think I, I think they did well. I was impressed by them. I think, like you said, there's an element of humour into their performances. It's not they're not playing this entirely straight. It's not so serious and self-effacing that you know they can't have fun. And the film crucially needed that, and they gave it. Now, I don't think this film is anything special. To kind of to paraphrase yourself, I think this is quite a forgettable film. But I liked it. I'm not going to lie. I had fun when I was watching it. I wasn't really bored during it. I do think that there's maybe one or two action scenes too many as the film goes further and further into its runtime, but it's saved by the, the charisma and the energy of the two leads. I wish I could be able to say that Anna de Armas and Jess Henwick and Roger John Page as well could add to that. But two of those were sidelined for a lot of the film and Roger John Page, you know, he wasn't, the best villain let's put it like that and he's the uh <laughs> he is slash was the front runner to be the next james bond as well so that's an interesting oh. that's an interesting little uh crossover there another kind of bond slash born slash gray man crossover um danush uh, danush is one of the big stars of indian cinema and uh, there was a lot of hype about his performance and he's not in it for a lot but his his particular action scene is very good uh very well choreographed and and that's what I can say about the action. It looks good. It is well choreographed. Does it look a bit stylish at times? Yes. But that is, if the Russos have anything about them, then it's being able to stage an action shot. And I sent this to John during the week, a dude called Ethan Vespi from the film stage. He said this about the Russos, and I have to agree. It says, if anything, credit to the Russos who have staked their place in film history as the most commercially successful directors to not have a single autoristic trait beyond corporate movie making fealty. And it's all it's harsh in a way, but I also think it's true that the Russos, you kind of you know what you're gonna get. Their their autoristic trait is you just you're gonna get a big film. Yeah, we we said about Michael Bay, people joke about um Bay. But he has a signature. He has a style. You know when you're watching a Michael Bay film. I couldn't really tell you when I'm watching a Russo Brothers film and the Grey Man doesn't really do a lot to change that. Um, it's also lacking a a bit of a spark or kind of a pulse or a bit of fizz to this film. It's Whilst it is kind of laced with a little bit of humour to stop it being too serious, there is also like a heart, which is missing. I I loved Ryan Gosling in this like I do in everything. I like Chris Evans in this, like I do in everything, but they weren't enough to kind of make me really care too much about the characters. Julia Butters, her, I mean, she was clearly meant to be, she's the MacGuffin. She's the one who's meant to be the pulse and the soul of the film as well, but not really. I don't think so to me. I think she's fine, but it's that it comes down to the writing. And this is, this is based off a book by a guy called Mark Greeny. So, you know, they're adapting it, but they didn't, I don't know if that's what she's like in the book, but that character was fine. 
And I think that's what I could say about most things about this film, John, is, you know, most things are fine. There is some, you know, very good action sequences. There's a, like you mentioned, the one on the plane. The plane's going down. There's a big old fiery, smoky fight. Very cool. A tram sequence. Very cool. You know, very well done. Maybe a bit long. But there's a lot of it, like adrenaline fueled set pieces. It all just feels a bit too much. That's all. And yeah. the film kind of ends with a bit, we don't do spoilers here, but it ends kind of, just ends, you know, there's nothing really exciting to the end. And it's saved by those quips. It's saved by the the, the yeah. humour in it. Otherwise, John, this would just be another Netflix action film, which I've been very vocal about. Whenever there's a new Netflix action film, I try to stay as far away as possible because I know what I'm going to get. This film... It is. It doesn't stray too far from the template, but it's it is the charisma and it's the star power of its leads and its supporting cast as well, which makes this watchable. Did I dislike this film? No. It's spectacle over substance. Absolutely. If you if you go and expecting War and Peace or anything particularly uh, deep, don't just switch that off. Leave it at the door. Do you do that? You're going to have a good time here. I think the I think the film is fun to watch. Maybe once. As long as you let, as long as you let it wash over you, as long as you let it in what it's trying to do, and don't take it too seriously, I think it's a film which you can have a good time with. But I wouldn't be rushing for a sequel. Put it like that. Well, that sounds about right. Um, you know, it, it's this isn't the movie we had planned on uh, reviewing. We both had planned on watching this, though, because again, yeah. we're both really big Ryan Gosling fans. I think um, oh, I yeah. usually list him as my favorite actor it had been a minute. And so it was great seeing that he was able to recapture that same like feeling. I just really like watching him on screen. He always does something that's entertaining. And uh, you listener, if you haven't seen it yet, you can check it out on Netflix right now. Um, if you have a subscription that is, I believe worldwide too. I don't think there's anywhere that's uh, unless it's banned so, no. somewhere. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's very violent, but otherwise it's a pretty, you know, uh, by American standards, it's like, it's a light R because of the violence, but it's like, you know, a lot of times Americans are cool with the violence. So PG 13 ish, you know, I think it, I think it's a, I think it was rated a 15 over here. Um, obviously the yeah. next tier up would be yeah, 18 certificate. So I think 15 is about right. You know, like I say the violence is big. Um, lot, there's a big body count. There's swearing throughout and, and stuff like that. So that usually pushes yeah. it up a little bit, but you know, it's, it's worth a watch if you're a fan of either of the two leads. I think there's plenty, there's enough in here to see you through that two-hour runtime. And I too like Ryan Gosling, and I just can't get my head around people who say he's got no range, he's too droll, he's too serious, he's flat. So I was like, you know, the the the, the stuff that his filmography says otherwise. Are there films where he is quiet, a la Drive, Only God Forgives? Yes, but that is yep. the character. That's not Ryan Gosling. So, uh yeah, I, I, I've, I've said. I think I've said it on the band that in order for people to take him seriously, like Brad Pitt, he needs an Oscar because a lot of people um, add a lot of value to those things. And and if, if they see the word Oscar winning, suddenly that actor is elevated in their eyes. I mean, Ryan Gosling's been nominated twice, I think, for Best Actor. So you know, I'd love to see him win one one day, just for the the doubters to kind of think actually maybe he is better than I thought. Brad Pitt's got his now. Let's give it to let's give one to Ryan Gosling if he can do the performance. But he's got a film coming out uh, in the next couple of year, in the next year or so. Of which, John, I've already forgotten what it's called. I did send it to you the other day, and I've forgotten. But I think that's his um, Oscar push. It's not called The Artist. It's called something else like that. But oh um, uh, yeah, that's I think I that's his either. Oscar push. 
I'll, I'll, I'll think of it one day and just shout it out. But I don't um, know, no, man. He's Barbie. I'm saying Dude, I can't wait for that. Ken gets best uh, actor in a motion picture. Um, you Margot know, Robbie wins best actress. She finally gets her Oscar as well. Um, this I could see at the Greta Gerwig wins best director. This could be, this could be the year. Next year could be the year of the gods, man. And I do want to say, listener, I am actually not speaking in a negative. Like, do I think it will win the Oscar? I don't know. It doesn't seem like the Oscar type of movie. Um, based solely on the premise. However, I am 100% hyped to see Barbie. Like, there is no cynicism from me at all. Like, I can't wait to see that movie. No, same, dude. I'm with you there. No cynicism. At first, when it is first announced, you do kind of think, huh. But the more more I'm seeing and the more the actors are saying and the pictures that are coming out, it sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, the the film was called The Actor, by the way. I think that's Gosling's push for the Oscar. The Actor. It's not the best name, unfortunately. Um, very no. forgettable. But yeah, that's why I couldn't remember it. Excuse me, folks. Uh, that is our review of the Gray Man. Uh, check Monday for our spoiler episode. In the meantime, let's move on to our next segment called Chuffed Headlines. This is movie and pop culture news that caught our attention. Uh, if you didn't know this, listener, this past weekend was San Diego Comic Con, which means there's tons of movie and nerd related news. So, Matt, what headline that I knew you beat me to? Uh, caught your attention this week sweet revenge for halloween end well yes yeah i think you're tired now john wait until 2025 uh there's a little thing called fatigue might set in the marvel phase five and phase six release schedule has been revealed at san diego comic-con and uh as you know i i don't mind the marvel films i know you're a bigger fan i, I like them but just seeing what's coming i felt tired already does it until the end of 2025 well, certainly 2024, you're going to be getting a new Marvel show or movie pretty much every uh, 10 to 12 weeks, which is absolutely bonkers. But there's a reason why Marvel is the biggest IP in the world now, and that's because people want to see it. People eat it up. They're very, very popular, and you're going to be seeing a lot more of it, folks. And Kevin Feige and the gang gave us the release schedule. Most of it, oh, to be honest, we did know about. We knew that these films are coming. It was more a case yeah. of just tying down when. But there were a few surprises in, which I am very excited about. But I won't go through the entirety of the phases, but I will say that Phase 5 kicks off in February the 17th with Ant-Man Quantumania, which is going to be huge given who's in it, i.e. Uh, with Kang and Jonathan Majors. And look, John, the fact that Jonathan Majors is going to be our bad guy, that is the most exciting part of that. That guy, Chris, yeah. is an awesome actor. That scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. my do- Somebody's knocking at our door. <laughs> Honestly, I, that, I've literally just jumped out of my seat. I'll keep that in, though. Um, but uh, yeah, J- John Majors, he is such a cool actor. Uh, what have we got? And then we've got plenty of shows coming after that. We've got Agatha has got a new name, Coven of Chaos, which I'm not going to lie. I think it's a bit, st- I don't like the word chaos gets you to too much now. It gets under my skin, but, um, Thunderbolts, we're getting a new, a Thunderbolts movie on July the 26th, 2024, which, which we anticipated, st- which we anticipated, uh, Captain America, wow. new world order. That's got a date, May the 3rd. We're getting, um, Anthony Mackie's big screen debut as captain america um as you can as you can probably imagine that's gone down very well in certain parts of the internet but screw those guys but that's going to be exciting but it's phase six john where the real kind of big news came from we knew there's a fantastic four movie coming 
we've now got a date. It's going to kick off phase six on November the 8th, 2024. But then Feige in all his glory said, I'm not going to give you one Avengers film in 2025. Guys, I'm going to give you two. On May the 2nd, 2025, Avengers, the Kang Dynasty. And then November the 7th, which is what, six months down the line, Avengers Secret Wars, which I know a lot of people have been hoping we get Secret Wars. Now, whether it's going to be quite as massive as it was in the comics, I don't quite know, but uh, that's what we've got so far. Phase six is about 10 slots ready for phase six for them to fill. I think they're going to fill those at D23. We haven't got anything from, for example, the X-Men yet. The Deadpool movie hasn't been added to that so i think that's going to be added in phase six uh, at d23 in august or september time but the the main point of this is that uh, we'll get the phase fours over you know the much maligned apparently phase four is done phase five is beginning next year and we're getting something every few months well, we're getting so phase four is not fully fully well, over because we get black panther wakanda forever black panther wakanda forever which we got a trailer for as well yes. that dropped and um i think the trailer was a great trailer i think the way they handled the passing of the torch or the memory of chadwick and or t'challa it was really well done the music was popping i think the music was stunning um it, i think get kind of avatar vibes from the film though but that's yeah there's some blue people that more isn't it i think he's the dude who's going to be in it no more yeah um I think the soda trailer was good. You know, I'm excited for that film. So yeah, but that's going to finish off phase four. Uh, and then phase five kicks off of Ant-Man Quantumania, which is really going to introduce Kang, who's going to be our big bad for uh, the rest of phase five and all of phase six as well. I imagine, but we're getting the guardians three. We're getting the Marvels. We're getting Captain America and the uh, Thunderbolts. Plus in between that secret invasion, echo Loki season two, uh, Ironheart, Daredevil, 18 episodes of Daredevil. Oh, and also Blade. That's yeah, the one I'm probably I, looking forward to the most. Oh, I'm so hyped for Blade. I'm, I'm hyped about a lot of this, despite it, it does feel overwhelming. Um, and again, I am a person who has been eating up the Marvel stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I still am a little overwhelmed by a lot of it. Um, I so love that Ant-Man. It counts so much as well. All, like Jonathan Kang was introduced, I believe, in Loki in some way, shape or form. Yeah. I haven't seen it. But the fact that the big dude, the big bad was introduced in a TV series that shows how interconnected and how important they are. So mm. it is quite um, worrying the amount of stuff to, to consume, but uh, do carry on my friend. Um, so I, and I, I'm not really like, I don't know what echo is going to be secret invasion. I'm, I'm a little intrigued by, obviously I think that's going to have a lot to do with secret wars. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously um, I, I'm, Ironheart, I'm intrigued by the show because I keep confusing what it is, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, Ironheart's the the Ricky Williams Iron Man, so that's cool because I, I did you see Eternals? Uh, sadly, I did. All right, so the I, I can't remember <laughs> the Jon Snow of it all. Uh, what he yep. was teased to oh, be? Um, oh God. Um, I'll find out in the meantime whilst you're... Because that's uh, what I keep thinking. When I think of Ironheart, I keep thinking it's that thing. And I'm like, I'm not really that interested in that thing, but apparently it's not that thing. Um, I'm a uh, little... Black Knight. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I guess Iron and, like, Knight is what I'm, like, thinking is, like, oh, the guy's going to be, like, you know... Okay. It feels like a like a medieval times vibe, like the name Ironheart. Um, Richard Lionheart, maybe that's what I'm confusing. I don't know. But... 
I want an explanation for the Daredevil being 18 episodes because <laughs> I love the Daredevil series. And I, I, you know, those I thought actually Netflix did a disservice to their Marvel stuff because I think every season of all of their shows were 13 episodes except for the Defenders, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was like a lot of times some of those episodes felt too like unnecessary. They're the filler episodes and those suck. And Marvel has been really good about six episodes. Like every, I think every series that we've had so far has been six episodes with maybe what if being the exception because it was a cartoon. And why 18? That's, that's long. Like, I don't know what show that isn't a network series has been 18 episodes. Like I cannot think of a streaming show that season one has been 18 episodes. And I guess you could argue this is season four of Daredevil, but you know, first time Disney's doing it. I need an explanation of why they felt 18 episodes is the right number for the Daredevil series. Again, not even, I'm, I'm not unhappy about it. Just surprised that it's 18 episodes. Like how far More along are they in the series? Yeah. Like, have they already wrote all 18 episodes? You know what I'm saying? Are they guessing? Like, what is, why 18? Like, that's such a a weird yeah. thing based on what they've done so far. I think they, I think that's just one season as well. I think, um, then yeah. I don't think they're going to pull the rug on us and say, actually, it's three seasons of six, like we're accustomed to. It is odd because every series, apart from, I think, in terms of Disney Plus, I think the Book of Boba Fett had seven episodes. Um, I think Mando has eight. But everything else seems to have six. So, you know, to, 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 to double or in some cases treble that for Daredevil, either they're really confident or they've got a, they've got a big story to tell, or this is going to be certainly for Marvel, a new way of, uh, releasing series and not going to be confined to six anymore. Yeah. It's, and that's, and that's troublesome to me because, like you said, there's so much content that how are, like, maybe they don't (laughs) drop, like one a week if it's 18 episodes maybe they do drop all 18 episodes at once but still like that's still a lot of time you're committing to marvel like you know and that's on top of all of the other stuff they're already releasing like 18 is a lot to ask people especially again if it is in continuity and it seems like they're pushing daredevil because he's in the trailer for she hulk um we obviously saw him show up in uh no way home and now there's speculation. I think I saw somewhere that Feige said that him and Spider-Man, Daredevil and Spider-Man, are going to be leading like their street-level hero squad. So w- it sounds like they're putting a lot on Daredevil. So I'm not sure if it's a good or bad thing that it's 18 episodes. Like It feels like that could be a bad sign. If they're going to start making their shows that much of a commitment, it's going to be hard for anybody to keep up with that level of stuff. Yeah. Even if... if, if- uh, my mate said to me the other day that because I said, "Oh man, I'm kind of scared by this because I do want to uh, in, in consume as much of it as possible." Sorry, whilst going back to watch Loki, what if Hawkeye as well? But you know, the, they said, "You know, what if it was Star Wars?" And I thought, well, you know, to be fair, next year we're getting at least four or five new things in the galaxy. Uh, I know it's it's almost half of what we're getting at Marvel, but you know, they're they're pushing that as well and. And I love that franchise, but I do kind of worry about quality over quantity and time, especially with this amount of Marvel stuff coming out. I want to, I want to watch. Plus, John and myself, you guys might know, we like to watch film. So I want to be able yeah. to spend have as much time as watching new films. Plus, I also quite like uh, indulging in some of the my favorite re- rewatches as well. So kind of get worried about 
just how much time we're going to have to like properly give ourselves over to watch this and not just kind of have it on in the background. But hey, who knows? Maybe it'll all come together perfectly. Maybe. And again, I'm hopeful. I, I'm not. I'm not upset about it. There's a lot on this list that I'm excited about. I'm. I and. I've enjoyed watching it become what it is, even if like some mm-hmm. people are getting tired of it or criticizing it. I've enjoyed watching it become this unwieldy behemoth like that. You know, when it, when the comic book movies first started, it was like a joke and, and we got some bad ones yes. even among the good ones that we had. But, um, you know, it's been crazy to watch this become this juggernaut and, uh, you know, maybe we'll get to see the juggernaut. Yeah. <laughs> On the juggernaut you know what comes next but you yes. know if there's going to be stuff there that you don't like john i'm sure there'll be stuff i don't like and that's fine i just won't maybe watch those and i'll i'll go on marvelpedia or whatever and just get a synopsis update of what's happened or i'll go on youtube and someone can fill me in of what happened in x show that didn't really take my fancy but that's the beauty of it is that you know there's an, uh, there's going to for the, what every one thing in this phase five or six i don't like there's going to be four or five things that I, i'm going to really enjoy so you know, I'd rather have too much than not enough, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and that's, it, it's a it's a tightrope walk, and they've done a mm-hmm. pretty good job so far, so let's see what yes. happens. Um, we're both optimistic, but, you know, just a little, a little apprehensive about the amount. Um, that said, when we talk about amount, my article is another uh, San Diego Comic-Con drop. We got mm-hmm. our first teaser trailer for John Wick Chapter 4, a franchise that you and I, I think, are both pretty big fans of. Oh, yeah, Um, for the most part. I'd like to see something a little bit different, but not sure we will. I really hope 4 ends the franchise. I don't think it's going to. Um, (laughs) I think there's five films, isn't there, they're going for? Oh, that's right. They they forgot about the fifth one was already committed to. Um, I love the first two a lot. The third one... I felt started to jump the shark a little bit, even in the naming conventions of Parabellum being oh. tacked on for no reason. Um, and only proven that there was no reason since chapter four does not currently have a <laughs> subtitle. Um, Stupid subtitle. But uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed this franchise. Um, I'm a big Keanu fan, especially when he's cast correctly. And I think they've done a terrific job with this. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought they've, the world building has been really cool in the franchise, even if they did kind of maybe again, they jumped the shark a bit at the end of the second one, when they revealed basically everybody in this world is an assassin. Um, But it does make you not as upset when people die, I guess, because they're like, Oh, well they're all killers. So it's, it's fair. Um, Nevertheless, the four, the fourth trailer dropped. I'm hyped by it. I think it looks fantastic. Uh, Donnie Yen being in it is exciting. Uh, the action looks wild. It does look like, again, they, they've definitely jumped the shark. They're not going for realism anymore. Like you could argue the first John wick action scenes are so grounded and feel so real and visceral. That's what was so impressive about it. They definitely dropped that in three. Like the fights go on much longer. It's much less people. It's like, John Wick versus one guy for like an extended runtime, which is not how he has fought in the previous two films. Um, this movie looks like it's going further into that where you're getting more traditional, like long action sequences, boss fights, if you will. And I guess that makes sense in the story. Like at this point, like he is on the bosses now. It's no longer the, the little henchman guys, like the big, gu- the big guns are after him. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm still hyped for it. I'm, I'm excited about it. What do you think, Matt? I just wish I hadn't announced John Wick 5 as well, because for me, it takes yeah. a little bit of the tension 
and stakes away from John Wick Chapter 4 because I'm assuming the title character is not going to die in this film and then the fifth film is just going to be everyone remembering him. I assume he's going to make a funeral. Like the an whole hour and a half sequence. long funeral and uh, I'm sure they'd find a way to have a slow motion fight sequence in there right. somewhere. People keep asking if I'm dead. I'm thinking I'm dead. I'm you know, thinking like I'm dead. Yeah, yeah. John, are you dead? Yeah. <laughs> we could have a good film out of this, but yeah, John yeah, sent I mean, me the yeah. trailer the other day and I just replied back with two words. Donnie Yen. That dude is so cool. Uh, I can't wait to see him and Keanu face off in this film. Um, yeah, everything you said, basically, it's if if cha- chapters one and two were more kind of grounded, whilst very stylized action, which has spawned many imitators now. Chapter three, Parabellum, went bigger. It went it started to lean into itself a little bit too much. And I got I, have, I kind of worry now that chapters four and five are just going to be like absolute like extermination of everyone. I would like a little bit more nuance and a bit more breathing space in this because like you said we're not we're not uh, handling the goons anymore we're handling the boss it's boss fights like you say every fight should be a boss fight now as he works his way right up to the very top of the continental so i'd like to see a little bit more time away from just fighting as much as possible and you know yeah give us a bit like almost like logan it give us a bit of time with this character because by by the sounds of it, we've only got two more films left with him but uh, I think we are going to get huge action scenes. It's going to go bigger, you know, more ridiculous choreography uh, than we've seen before. Uh, and I think we're all going to eat it up because a lot of it is down to Keanu Reeves. And I think that actually, for me, is part of the reason. The reason why nobody worked so well with the film, nobody, was because he had Bob Odenkirk in the lead. He's like, huh? Bob Odenkirk as an action hero? Cool. And Keanu Reeves, yes, of course, he's been in The Matrix and he's done plenty of other action films too, but he fits this role perfectly. But it's Keanu, you know, the dude's just effortlessly cool. What he makes up for sometimes in acting ability, he makes up for in charisma, in uh, presence, and he's just so cool. And I think that's a lot of what why John Wick works so much for me, because it's Keanu. But um, the films themselves aren't aren't exactly bad, though. They're an awful lot of fun. Uh, I'm with you, though. I do hope Chapter 4 kind of reigns it in a little bit, but I don't think it's going to. However, I'm going to be there to watch it. And I know that I'm going to enjoy it when I do watch it. I've just got a horrible feeling that when I leave the theatre to drive home or to grab a coffee, then I'll, it, I'll probably think, hmm... That I, I don't know if they're as good as they used to be. I've got that horrible feeling that it's not going to be mm. that great film, but it's going to be a great time. But the trailer was fine though. Enjoyed that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I I'm apprehensive. I like three. I definitely have not felt the, the draw to come back to it. Like I did with one. No, and two. Like I rewatched one and two several times. Um, I am going to rewatch three before four comes out, but like, I am definitely not as, not as convinced that they can keep this going for more movies. So it, the trailer looks good. So let's hope. Yeah, fingers um, crossed. That's what caught our attention this week, folks. But now let's turn to what we've been consuming. This is media consumption, movies, TV, video games, music, podcasts, etc. that we use to pass the time between episodes. Uh, Matt has been busy. Um, <laughs> this is like the longest your movie list has been in ages. Uh, I'm hyped. Yeah, I want to hear what have you been watching? What I'm going to do, John, is I will try to make this as quick as possible because I think there's 20 films on here, maybe. One of them is The Grey Man, and rewind if you want to hear our thoughts on that. Spoiler episode in a few days. But like I said, I haven't been to do, I've been 
oh, unwell was not oh, under the weather more like I haven't exactly been bed bound but not well enough to do an awful lot so I've had a weekend to myself and a few days either side of it as well and my OCD started kicking in John anyway if you've been following us on the BAMP on our socials you'll have seen that we've been putting out our our top performances of the year of our top five performances uh, and the films we're looking forward to for the rest of the year and things like that so if you haven't seen them go check them out and I got me thinking, I was like, oh man, we're getting into that stage now where it won't be long before the Oscar films are coming out, before the holiday season starts, New Year's season, everyone's getting excited, the end of the year lists start getting undone. You know, obviously the Bampies, you know, we'll roll out the red carpet for the Bampies. My favourite time of the year in terms of film this is. And my OCD started kicking in. I was like, oh crap, I've got, I've got a ton of films which I feel like I should watch or I need to catch up on because admittedly I did, I did, was slow to start this year in terms of what I've been watching or that it has been weeks where I haven't watched anything really just because life uh, gets in the way. But this weekend, John, I did everything I could to go back and watch as much of the outstanding what views as I could do. And I've been peppering the um, studios or at least their PR teams with screener act links. And I've got some of them. I'm still waiting on one. I'm looking at you, Disney for prey. I want it. Um, but I've been speaking of, uh, Disney and I watched a film called Crush which is one you mentioned a couple of months ago a week couple of weeks ago now mm-hmm. um, it's got um, Auli Cravalho in and uh, Rowan Blanchard uh, I think I said that right and that was fun I enjoyed Crush a lot I think that did what it, it, it it's a it's a 15 or an R rated I think rom-com on Disney Plus or Stars Hulu and I enjoyed that a lot does it, does it follow convention yes but I enjoyed it. Another one which exact which follows exactly the same convention, but I was so charmed by was Moonshot. Really yeah. enjoyed Moonshot an awful lot. I really like um oh god, there's so many films I've forgotten the actress's name now for uh, to all the boys I've loved before, Lena uh Lana Condor. I really like Lana Condor and yep. um Mason Gooding is in it and I can't remember the lead guy's name. In, it's one of the twins, right? Like, um, oh yeah, it is. Uh, it's the other one, the other twin. Uh, but it's a big it, one. He's he's in like uh, Riverdale. God, what's his Cole Sprouse? Cole Sprouse, or, right? Yes, that's right. Cole Sprouse, yeah, the, yeah, that one. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed Moonshot. I'm not quite sure what it's called. Moonshot. It could probably should be called Mars Shot, maybe. But it's called Moonshot nonetheless. I guess you shoot for the moon. Maybe there's something in that, but I really enjoyed it. It was sappy. It was uh, uh, mawkish and everything, all that. But I really enjoyed it, John. When they get it right, the rom-com, and, and they get the characters spot on, it, it, it's a winner for me. So I get why you like a rom-com so much. So Crush, Moonshot, mm-hmm. I enjoyed. Jewel, I watched that. We, it's over here. It's a Sky original with Karen Gillan playing a dual role. It's a sci-fi pensive film. Uh, I thought this film was okay. Uh, I wasn't entirely in on on the premise but i i liked it for the most part uh the gray man cha-cha real smooth i know john has been championing this for well the entirety of the year and i've been excited for it to much. come out it's been an app it was released on apple tv a short while ago in the uk and i finally got around to watching it i really liked cha-cha real smooth john i think it's in my top five of the year i think oh yeah if not if not it's number six i really enjoyed this what a heartfelt movie what again really well acted by dakota johnson who is shedding the 50 shades cape wonderfully and and this 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 film about i don't know to me it was being satisfied with the life you have but always kind of looking at what you could have had and 
it was just such a such a lovely powerful movie um go check that out on apple tv plus i'm conscious i've got loads more so i'm blasting through here minions the rise of Gru. i watched that john and i wasn't as taken by this one i don't mind the despicable me films <laughs> generally i'm sorry i know it's not quite the one i've like, cha cha but it's... the wording though i love the i love that you said i wasn't taken like <laughs> yeah oh man i'm sorry that's good that's good. okay john good. anything to give you a quick laugh but i i don't mind the despicable me films but this one it kind of felt like they'd lost they're kind of stretching this idea out now it all got feels a little bit done it feels a bit boring and you know films that are subtitled the rise of they're not doing too well recently so let's not make that a trend uh, I, went, I i watched belfast <laughs> uh the kenneth oh. branner oscar-winning film i really enjoyed that as well okay i like that one too I, I i wanted to see it at the beginning of the year but i just never got around to it so i finally got around to seeing it and i really enjoyed it um rrr the uh netflix film all the way from india I watched on John's behest more than anything, three hour long action epic. And Jesus, what a ride that was, John, what an absolute blast. It's, you know, it's it's some of the best action sequences I've seen, you know, forget John Wick. Some of the best action I've seen in years was in this film. Um, And yeah, like John said to me during it, it gets bigger and bigger and it does. I do, I do think it starts to run out of steam because it's three hours long. I do think it starts to lag you know after two-thirds of the way but it picks up again at the end but what a fun ride if you've got three hours and you want to have a have some ott escapism rrr check it out on netflix around the world deep breath resurrection i watched that the guys at ifc sent me a link for resurrection it's the new film from starring rebecca hall and tim roth it's a psychological Mm. thriller come horror and it's really very good it's really good rebecca hall is such a fine actress She's so damn good. She was great in the Nighthouse last year, and she's even mm-hmm. better in this. This wow. film is very, very good. It's um, well, I won't spoil it. It's coming out on Shudder, I think, in oh, great. weeks' time. I think maybe, or it's, get, it's getting a theatrical release, and on Shudder, it's being picked up in a week or so's time. But I really enjoyed uh, Resurrection an awful lot. Uh, I watched The Forgiven. Uh, I actually watched this a couple of weeks ago after I Becker and forgot to mention it, but um, I thought I'd throw this in with the list. It's the um ray fines jessica chastain film and it's again it's it's a it's called like a thriller noir film but it's fine it's it's both of the actors are very good and ray fines is always a delight but it's just a very middling film um hatching which a film called hatching which was, um I, i'll say the word because it's in the title of our podcast but it was bloody awesome hatching was bloody good uh yeah. i really really it's not didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Um, it's kind of odd. I think it's Finnish body horror type of film. And that was re- surprisingly good. So Surpri- I think that's gotten into my top 10 easily already. Um, I was lucky enough to see, I think crimes of the future, the new David Cronenberg film. I say lucky because it's a big film upcoming, or at least the director and stars unlucky. Cause it wasn't really very good. It's not Cronenberg's best film it doesn't really go anywhere, which is the worst part of the film. It sets things up, but does not pay off on really any of them. Uh, Viggo Mortensen, Leia Do, and Chris Christian Stewart are all good in it, but I don't know. It feels like Cronenberg feels restrained here, and it's just not his finest work. It's it's quite boring, sadly. Uh, something yeah. that wasn't boring was Jackass Forever. I, I watched Dude, that. I, so much I, fun. I knew how much you enjoyed that film, and 
I, for some reason, I put off going to see it at the cinema. I thought, do I really want to sit through an hour and a half of just, you know, constant skits at the cinema? I, I wish I'd seen this with an audience. I wish I'd seen it because I had such fun. And it balanced out some of the other films I've seen, which are quite heavy or they're sci-fi or they deal with really weighty subjects. Jackass Forever was some of the most fun I've had in a long time. You know, if you know, if, if guys, if you know Jackass, you know what you're going to get, or Jackass, you know what you're going to get. But still, it's nice to be reminded of, you know, I say the old days, but reminded of what it can be like just to have stupid fun with your mates. Um, almost done. On the count of three, I watched this film. It's a dark comedy film, and I was very impressed by this one as well. It's about two guys who, at the beginning of the film, have got to, have got loaded guns pointed at each other. They're best friends. They, they they've got a pact. They're going to after three. They're going to win it. They're going to kill each other. You kill me, I'll kill you type of thing. And then the film follows that, you know, the, the, the day preceding that, what they got up to and how it ends is very, very cool. On the count of three, I would recommend that to people watch that one. I think you'll like that one as well, John, actually. Uh, I also watched Kimmy, which was the uh, Catwoman film. Uh, Steven the- Soderbergh, Zoe Kravitz. Steven Soderbergh directed. That's it, Zoe Kravitz. I've honestly, I'm, all these, all these names are now sort of blend into one. I'm looking at the list, thinking, "Crap, I've forgotten who's in everything." But yeah, Zoe Kravitz, Steven Soderbergh film. Uh, Steven Soderbergh's last few films, I haven't been. I, I've enjoyed to a point, but I, I liked Kimmy. I thought this was very good. I think Zoe Kravitz does a lot for this film. Uh, cool idea, cool sci-fi idea, which plays into the Siri and Alexa. Uh, I've just said that and my AIs has gone off in the corner, but uh, I liked the idea that Soderbergh went for and I think it's executed well, If it do, even if it does go a bit wild at the end, a bit home alone but I liked Kimmy. Uh, good luck to you, Leo Grand. I know you like this film, John, and yep. I did as well. I thought this film was really good, a really good sex positive film, uh, breaking down boundaries. It's a very brave bit of filmmaking and it's a very talky bit of filmmaking. And I, I happen to like yep. films where two characters are in a solitary environment and they can just talk, you know, talk out their problems or talk about their life, whatever. Obviously it comes down to the dialogue, but I think they got it right here. And Emma Thompson's so good in this film. Dame Emma Thompson. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Good luck to you, Leo Grand. I enjoyed that. Four more, John. Yep. Incantation, a Taiwanese horror Ooh. film on Netflix, is a found footage film on Netflix, which was I only I watched that because I saw it was on a best of horror list for this year on it might have been bloody disgusting dot com or something. So I checked it out and it's okay. It's it's found footage in the loosest terms. The fact that they had this found footage sometimes somehow manages to change angles and perspective is quite impressive considering there's only one camera. Uh, so it starts <laughs> to feel like an actual film. And, it, you know, the parts of it are really good. Others aren't. So it kind of down the middle. It dragged a little bit for me. The ending is great, though. The ending's really, really clever. So, But um, it's worth it if you like foreign found footage films, I guess. Um, okay. I watched Flux Gourmet. I know you've seen this film as well. It's the um, yep. Peter... Oh, John, you going to help me out with it? It starts with an S. Strickland? Peter Strickland. Strickland. Peter Strickland, yes. He's, it's, it's his fourth film. Honestly, I've literally only just finished watching these films and I've just been overwhelmed by how much I've, how many I've seen. But uh, Peter yeah. Strickland, Asa Butterfield, Gwendolyn Christie. Uh, if you know of Strickland's work, then you'll go into this knowing that it isn't going to be for everyone. It's a very, he's a very stylish director, very satirical director. And this is no different. It's like a blast of pop art 
um stylistically it's a it's a decent film i think it's a very solid film and the performances are good it didn't quite hit me like some of his other films have necessarily but it, it's okay but the shock the shock value in the film has merit it's there's purpose to some of the weirder more out there moments they all play back into the narrative and this isn't shock for shock's sake which i appreciated uh penultimately i watched after yang a24 film starring mm. starring colin farrell and uh, this is okay this film is it's kind of more about a con- exist- con- contemplating life basically you know family life what you've missed out on by being committed to other things and it's good it's nothing special it's not one of a24's Ooh. best i don't think so it's directed by koganada who did uh, Columbus? Did you see Columbus? Yes, I did. Yes, uh, Haley Lou yeah. Richardson is in this film as well. Um, after Yang, it's good. I mean, it's but it's not. You know, it didn't blow me away, and it wasn't. I was expecting something yeah. a lot deeper. But I, it, I it, liked it a lot. But it, it's not as good as Columbus for sure. No, um, it's not as good as Columbus, my man. But it's but it, it's good. It's decent. And finally, oh man, I'll give you the floor shortly, John. Um, yeah. The last film I saw is uh, a French film called Happening. It came out, it, I think it won an award in Cannes last year, but it's got its release very recently this year. So it's going on my 2022 list. John is one of the best films I've seen this year. I think it's number two for me. This yeah, film it's... blew me away. It is horrifying. It's powerful. Yes. It, it moved me. There was a few moments in the kind of the agonizing finale where I couldn't watch. I couldn't watch. and that, and that that. But the film isn't mean it, but the film isn't trying to make you feel sickened or disgusted. You know, the film was very respectful. It's a film about a girl who becomes pregnant in France in the sixties when abortion is outlawed. You can go to prison or worse, you know, or, or worse, you can die trying to go through the back streets and get rid of the, the child. And the film is very respectful in what it shows, but it's, it's unflinching. You know, it doesn't hold back and, not only that, the, the lead performance is sensational. It's one of the yeah. best I've seen this year. It's definitely going in my top five now. But it, it, it's well written. It's well presented. It's very claustrophobic feeling. There's like a ticking clock kind of vibe to it, but it never feels like dramatic. It doesn't feel like the director, Audrey Devan, is trying to like, imbue it with this kind of sense of thriller or drama. It's genuine drama. It is a powerful, powerful movie, and I'm so glad I got to see it. it and, and let's not beat around the bush, John. It's it's a timely movie. We live in a world it where the, the laws of France 1960 have now come into play, and in, not just in your country, but around the world as well. Uh, so it came out at a time when you know it is more prevalent than maybe it would have been a few years ago. But it, that aside, it's an excellent film excellent film john so the best film i saw out of that entire glut was was happening it was sensational but i saw a lot of good ones jb like cha-cha real smooth hatching really enjoyed films like that now i'm going to take a few breaths i'm gonna uh, move the floor back to yourself john because i didn't listen to any shows i didn't watch any series i've just caught up on 2022 so i now i feel like i'm in a better place come the end of the year to give a proper end of year uh breakdown for all of you guys listening and to my friend john so john i'm gonna t- take a deep breath and the floor is yours <laughs> what have you been checking out so not nearly as much uh still some stuff um blank check uh they're covering bob fossey as i've been talking about the last couple of weeks um they got to all that jazz which is a movie that i've been meaning to watch for some time uh i was kind of unaware of it until big tuna back um many years ago 
for no particular reason, but it might be one of my favorite movies ever. Um, wow. I gotta, I gotta admit, I am like really into Bob Fosse right now. Like the, like I always follow the blank check, like director, whoever they're into. I, I, I usually watch all the movies unless I can't for some reason, like they're hard to get or they're too expensive to get. But in like on average, I've listened to the, every episode of the, every director series they've done. And I've watched most of the movies that the directors have done, but something about Bob Fosse's career has really like clicked with me. Like just, he, he's such an interesting figure because he was more than just film. He was so self-loathing and all that jazz is such a weird meta movie um, that it, it, I don't know. Have you seen all that jazz? Uh, I have seen all that jazz. Yes. Um, so I, I like Roy Scheider a lot. I'm a big Jaws fan as people probably know. Sorcerer, um, come on. I have not seen Sorcerer, but uh, uh, it's on the list. Um, but Jaws is one of my favorite movies ever, and I love him as Brody. Um, and seeing him in this role, I thought was outstanding. It's such an interesting movie, like an autobiography with that much self-loathing. It's hard not to be hooked into. But then the blank check episode drops, and Lin-Manuel Miranda is on the show to talk about it. Uh, find out that not only is he on the show, but is actually a, a listener to the show. So he's... Um, and also seems like as, as I kind of expected, one of the coolest people ever, like he just genuinely seems awesome. Um, great episode of, of the, of that great movie. Um, but I didn't know that he was also involved with the Sam Rockwell, Michelle Williams TV series called Fosse slash Verdon, um, that I had not seen. It's eight episodes. It's available on Hulu. I've now watched three episodes, uh, which is on my list here, but it all ties together. So I felt like I might as well talk about it now. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda is playing, um, Roy Scheider, who is playing Joe Gideon, who is essentially Bob Fosse. So this is weird, like, uh, thing. I haven't got that far yet in the series because it starts with Cabaret. Um, and then it's, it's also, the series is structured very, very weird where there's time jumps like all over the place. So, um, I, I, but I have not got to Lin-Manuel yet on the series, but I, I'm enjoying the show. I'm a big Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams fan. So like, just them working together has been pretty awesome to watch. Uh, and also I'm very interested in Bob Fosse. So like this whole experience has been quite uh, in, engaging. Um, I have been covering Fantasia Fest. Um, I haven't Ooh. got, I've had some issues with uh, getting third party people to send me movies. Um, but I, I did uh-huh. catch a couple that I really, really liked. Um, I watched my small land, which uh, my review for that just posted. It is, really, really great movie uh, that reminded me of another really small indie film I saw at Tribeca back in 2018 called Jellyfish. Uh, If you haven't seen Jellyfish, I think it's free to watch on Tubi uh, right now, and I highly recommend checking it out. It's a very challenging film. It's not an easy movie, but it's really well acted and really well told, and My Small Land uh, shares some things in common with that. Um, It's not an identical movie by any means, but there is some a similar tone and vibe I thought in it that is compelling. Um, then uh, with that, um, I caught Nope. I uh-huh. love it. I can't wait to talk about it with you. Um, I am definitely on the, uh, the, the loving end of it. I've been a big Jordan Peele fan. Nope might be my favorite. And that's saying something because okay. I love Get Out and I love you Us. Voice, haven't you? I've seen it twice and I, I honestly want to watch it again. I've been like trying to figure out when I can squeeze in another screening. I'll definitely have time before we record since you have two weeks, 
Um, but like, I, I, I genuinely just enjoy, uh, the, like, it's a tough, like I'm in suspense the whole movie. So like when I say I enjoy it, it's not one of those like, Oh, how, how entertaining it is, but it is like, it's an experience. Like you are, you feel the weight of the, the movie, but, um, it's, it's just so interesting and compelling and the performances are fantastic. Um, I really, really liked the movie. I enjoyed both viewing so far, so I'm, I'm looking to see it again. Um, caught a, a love song, which is uh, dropping in theaters this week. Uh, very limited release, but um, Dale Dickey is the lead in it. I believe this was at Tribeca uh, that I missed at Tribeca, but I just caught a screener of it, and man, it's um, it's got something... It's almost like, what if Wes Anderson did Nomadland? Huh. Like that's kind of the vibe that I got from it. Cause there's like a quirky sense of humor to it. And some of the style, like there's a lot of characters looking down the barrel of the lens, uh, center framed, cutting back and forth between the, the conversations in that fashion feels very Wes Anderson esque. Um, especially cause the nature of the conversation is a little weird. Um, but it also has this kind of like quiet contemplative, like what, what do we do? How do we deal with loss? And it's, it's, a gorgeous movie. Definitely worth checking out. It's very slow and quiet, but it's intentionally so and well done. Um, I already mentioned the gray man. Uh, I finally went and watched orphan. Um, since we saw the novice last year, I've wanted to watch orphan because I really like the actress and novice. And she is Uh, the Isabel Furman. Yes. And she is the, the quote unquote orphan of this movie. Um, and I, I kind of already knew the twist uh, going into it, which I did not help the movie because I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I I didn't like it at first, but it wasn't because of her. It was just like the whole, a lot of it just felt kind of cheesy and not great. Um, but by the end, I was I was engrossed and I, I liked it more than I started. Like I, I almost didn't finish it. Like I started like 20 minutes into it. I was like, maybe I don't need to watch this. But I stuck it out, and I, I don't regret doing it. I have... I'm supposed to be getting a screener for the sequel. Or, I'm sorry, the prequel the that prequel. is coming out um, in a couple of weeks. Uh, I have not received the link yet, so I might have to follow up with an email. Um, I think something might have glitched with where the link went. Um, but I am planning on watching the second one, or the second movie that's the prequel, um, that the trailer looks bonkers bad, in my opinion, because they somehow have cast Furman to play a younger version of that character (laughs) despite 13 years going by so i i mean i i liked orphan i first time i watched it i had no idea about the 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 twist so it took me it caught me off guard a little bit because before that i was getting a bit creeped out by certain aspects of it i thought as in more like the father daughter at the uh aspect i thought i don't like this but then when it gets um explained i get it now so I enjoyed it, and on rewatch a couple of years ago for Death by Pod, I I, I enjoyed it as well, whilst also having a lot of fun at its expense. The idea, though, the prequel, I mean, I'm not a huge, always a huge fan of origin stories anyway, JB. I quite like a bit of ambiguity, and I don't, you know, I, I never watched Orphan and thought, you know what, I really can't wait to find out, you know, how Esther became Esther. She just was. That, that was good enough for me. They kind of yep. showed us a little bit in Orphan, and that was fine, so... I mean, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna tarnish the legacy of Orphan for me, no, but no. I do kind of wonder what the big idea is. I know that that sounds a bit, you know, what's the big idea? But what the big plan for this is? Because it's been what 13 years, maybe, maybe more, since Orphan yeah. came out, and now they're coming back with a prequel starring Isabel Furman as an even younger version of the even younger person she played. 
I don't know. The trailer was fine, and I love my horror, but I thought, I'm interested, but I wouldn't say I'm excited. But I'm going to be there to watch an opening night, or if they can send me a link, I'll be watching it straight away because I enjoyed the first film. Yep, and now I'm just—I I have this weird fixation where I'm like, well, I just need to see it now. So, like, you know, sooner I can get that link, the better. But um, and la- last thing I saw, I can't say much about because uh, I'm technically under embargo, although the embargo will be up when this episode actually drops. But two, we're going to be talking about it next week, and that's the uh, DC League of Super Pets. Woo! And I will say positive. It's okay. You know, it's a kids movie. I I haven't seen uh, pause of fury or minions rise of group. Um, so I'm missing. There's only really been four family friendly kids cartoons this year. We have Lightyear, which I liked, although mostly people didn't, um, rise of Gru, pause of fury. Uh, you have not seen that yet either. Right. Pause of fury. No, I haven't seen that. No, I've seen the trailer. If that counts. Yeah. Which was that movie was like on the shelf for a couple of years, I believe. So like, Mm -hmm. You know, probably not great. I've heard, I think Tuna liked it. Um, out of Lightyear and Minions, which one do you think is better there? Right. Well, I was told that Minions was better, but I preferred Lightyear. I didn't hate Minions. I didn't. It's just, you know, compared to the other ones, which had fun, to, lots of fun moments, and they were sweet and they were charming, and yeah, this didn't really have as much of that. Therefore, it felt old. Lightyear, which to me also felt just like a sci fi romp with. Buzz Lightyear slapped on it. That felt more coherent, and it, 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 I just had a better experience with mm. Lightyear. So I'd say if you had the chance of the two, uh, I'd drop your dollar on Lightyear or or your rental on Lightyear, unless you've got young kids, because uh, I think they would much prefer Minions compared to that this film compared to Lightyear, because Minions is a lot more exciting for kids than this film Lightyear. I will say if you can only see one, I think DC League of Super Pets is probably the best overall. I think Ooh, that's exciting. Pa- parents who enjoy, um, I I put Lightyear above this, but I connect with Lightyear in weird levels. Um, I love DC comics. Uh, I've not loved a lot of the DC live action stuff that we've gotten, especially the Snyderverse content. Um, and I think this is a really fun kind of. It has a, a lot of these kind of cartoons. They, they're going to pick at the comic books. And I think they do that. I think they kind of make fun of some of the character traits that we all know. Um, but in fun, loving ways, it doesn't feel like they're like derogatory or like hateful. It just feels like, Hey, these are some silly things, right? Like, let's make jokes about them. Uh, the voice cast is insane, but yeah. I won't get into all that. I just, I think, I think it's a lot of fun for the family. Like the, there, the screening I got to see it at, there were a lot of kids and they all seemed very engrossed for the whole thing and seemed to have a good time. So of the kids friendly films that we have seen, I think this might be the best one from the, the, the summer um, again for families. Like I still think I would put Lightyear above it. Um, but that, again, I have a lot of bias towards the Pixar brand. I like that quite a bit. So um, that said, that's what we've been consuming. Um, I also, I am up to date with what we do in the shadows, the series. I, I love, 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 love that series. I think it is a masterpiece. Um, but before we leave you, before we end this episode, we have to check in on each other to make sure we're saying bloody awesome. Matt, what have you been doing? I think you've yeah. spoken enough about this, but why not? Uh, what is, what have you been doing to say bloody awesome? Now I'll keep this one concise. What I've just been talking about catching up on 2022 movies but even uh, as much as 
most of the reason was because I want to make sure again, I'm, I'm meticulous like that. By the end of the year, I want to be comfortable that I've seen enough to be able to be comfortable with what I'm putting out as my best of year, uh, best of the year, sorry, or best performances. I don't want to do it and then think, Oh crap. I didn't watch like nine films, which probably could have made an impact on this. So there's that, but also we love films, don't we? It's why we do this show. And I, uh, I say to John enough and he'll say to me, but the beauty of watching that many films, I don't do it very often is you don't know what you're going to get. You know, it's a bit like a box of chocolates. I'm going to coin that phrase. You just don't know what you're going to get. Um, oh, yes. And never heard ne- that before. Never heard that one. And out of the films I saw, I saw a couple of absolutely great films. I would say Hatching was excellent. And again, uh, Happening was it's superb. It was it was stunning. It was it was something, it was an experience, but like that. Uh, and then, you know, getting to see films like RRR was, was a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't, you know, it's not a film which I maybe would have checked out otherwise. But having the time to sit down and watch a three-hour film was great. Those kind of sweet start starting the weekend off with those sweet rom-coms as well was a good way to start. So it's quite nice. I I quite enjoy it because you don't know what's going to happen. I may have watched all twenty and thought, oh my god, every single one is awful. Or I could have had twenty new favorite films of all time. You just don't know. So it's kind of it was the just having fun and enjoying film again. Yeah, I'm going to write about most of them. I already have, but it was just enjoying watching films which I'm not overly familiar with there's a lot of international films in there as well so it's re-immersing myself in the in the foreign language films that i really really like mostly horror ones uh, but it kind of it stopped me from falling back into old ways and watching a star war or a uh, an exorcist or a la la or ghostbusters or something you know it's, it's like like in musical terms it's broadening the horizons it's finding some new favorite films of the year so just been it's been having a lot of fun just chilling out stocking up on a cup of tea and checking out film, John, that's what we're here for. So a movie, a movie catch up for, for what I watched tonight and the BAMP, but also just for me, mate. So just been enjoying film, but what about yourself, my friend? Um, I guess I've been saying bloody awesome by adulting. Um, I did note that Ooh. my summer is coming to an end, but also, um, I had to do a lot of like grown up learning things about like getting a loan to get a, the roof done on my house, which I just signed the papers today. Uh, so we're going to be getting our roof redone, which is definitely necessary. Um, here in the, the hurricane state, you know, we, uh, yeah. we had some damage a couple years ago. We haven't been able to get it done and I haven't really looked into it. And that's something I've, it's taken way longer to get going, but, um, I signed it today, uh, officially going to get our roof repaired. So I'm excited about that. We're looking into getting some uh, our bathroom remodeled slightly. Um, so stuff like that, uh, stuff that I feel overwhelmed by, and I feel like there is no manual, um, and nobody introduces you to these things, and you just kind of have to trial by fire, dive into it, and hope that you figure it out. And mm-hmm. that's that's what's been happening. Um, I've been forcing myself to do that. As um, age 40 fastly approaches, I am two weeks away from hitting that uh, big old milestone and um, still learning how to do some stuff that I probably should have known how to do for a long time. But, you know, uh, it is what it is. No better time like the present, JB. I mean, you got to do it when you got to do it. And lately, it has been the time to do it. So uh, that's how I've been saying bloody awesome. And folks, Family we hope safety first. Right. Ex- exactly. Uh, folks, we hope you're staying bloody awesome with whatever you can. Um, 
we'll be back next week with our review of DC League of Super Pets, the new animated film focused on Crypto the Dog, voiced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, with a <laughs> bunch of other big names in that cast. Keanu Reeves is Batman, um, is all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> You can follow us on social media. Tell us what you thought about uh, what our opinions are, your opinions, etc. Um, by hitting us up on those socials. Uh, Instagram, we're at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod and Twitter. We are at BAMP underscore podcast. B-A-M-P underscore podcast. And uh, we're still on Facebook. Just search Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. Individually, you can follow us. I'm at BurkeReviews.com on all the social media platforms and at BurkeReviews.com. No dot com on the social media platforms. Apologies, my brain got twisted. Uh, Matt, where can they find you? Uh, what I watch tonight dot co dot uk and what I watch tonight across all the socials and letterboxed too. And um, if you like what we're doing at the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, we ask that you take just a minute and give us that five star rating on whatever podcast catcher you use to listen. And with that, we encourage you to keep watching movies and stay bloody awesome. Blood, 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 bloody. Blood, 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 blood,